0: Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. Once again, here we are gathering as a diverse and inclusive spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow together in community. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you've come from this morning, we welcome you. Whomever you love, know that you are welcome here. May this be a place where you can be your fullest and most authentic selves. In this spirit, we extend a special welcome to our visitors. Thank you for being with us today.
1: Several years ago, I hiked Mount Grays and Tories in Colorado. My climbing partner had gotten ahead of me and the trail was not very busy, and I found myself alone in the quiet hush only found in the wilderness. As I was admiring the complete absence of background noise, I heard this very soft whoosh sound overhead. I looked up and I saw a large bird, its wings outstretched and gliding, and I realized that I was hearing the wind move in its wings. This summer I was hiking up another 14,000-foot peak, Mount Whitney in California, with my favorite uncle and my cousin Angie. We stopped to admire the landscape that dropped below us on both sides of the trail, providing sweeping views of Yosemite and the John Muir Wilderness. My uncle who is not a particularly religious man, gestured to the scene all around us and exclaimed excitedly, this is God's recipe book. Though I wouldn't have used the same language, I agreed with the idea he expressed as I've always referred to these moments as spiritual experiences. When I witness the beauty in the world around me, I am struck with an awe that fills my soul with peace and healing. Obviously, I can't climb a mountain every day, but I try to take the time to look for the awe in the world around me. It's in the snow that outlines the branches of the trees in my yard, the song of the birds at my feeders, the smell of wood burning in my fireplace, the whiskery faces of my three cats. When I take the time to notice the beauty in the world, whether big or small, I can find balance to life's trials. I invite you to think about these moments that inspire and motivate you to weather life's many storms. Come, let us worship together. We stand
2: on holy ground. We stand on holy ground. Wherever on this earth we stand. We stand on holy ground Each land is sacred land Each land is sacred land Wherever on this earth we stand Each land is sacred land We cherish all that lives We cherish all that lives Wherever on this earth we stand We cherish all that lives We stand on holy ground We stand on holy ground Stand on holy ground.
0: Al saying that we are standing on holy ground. This is holy ground, a space where we can be our truest selves, reflect on the things that really matter in life. So we take a few moments together to connect with the God of our hearts and our understanding to nurture our spirits with silence and the care of this gathered community, to call to mind the joys and struggles that come with living, and to reflect on the mystery that is life.
3: in the sea. That gives light to the day It moves the planets And all the stars that shine It's been the mover of mountains Since the beginning of time Oh, mystery You are alive, I feel you all around. You are the fire in my heart, you are the holy sound. You are all of life, and it is to you that I sing. Grant that I may feel. seen it in the gods that we have tried to reach I feel it in the love that the world needs so much and I know it in your smile my love when our hearts do
1: What song by Victoria Safford? What if there were a universe, a cosmos, which began in shining blackness, out of nothing, out of fire, out of a single silent breath, and into it came billions and billions of stars, stars beyond imagining. And near one of them a world, a blue-green world so beautiful that learned clergymen could not even speak about it cogently. And brilliant scientists with their physics, their mathematics, their empirical impressionistic musing in trying to describe it would begin to sound like poets. What if there were a universe in which a world was born out of a smallish star and into that world at some point flew red-winged blackbirds and into it swam sperm whales and into it bloomed crocuses And into it blew wind to lift the tiniest hairs on naked arms in spring. And into it, at some point, grew onions out of soil. And in went Mount Everest, and also the coyote we've spotted in the woods about a mile from here, just after sunrise on these mornings when the moon is full. The very scent of him makes his brother, our dog, insane with fear and joy and ancient inbred memory." Into that world came animals, and elements, and plants, and imagination, the mind and the mind's eye. If such a universe existed, and you noticed it, what would you do? What song would come out of your mouth? What prayer? What praises? What sacred offering? What whirling dance? What religion and what reverential gesture would you make to greet that world? Every single day that you were in it.
0: So once upon a time in one of the big Unitarian churches in Boston. There was a man making an awful fuss from the back pew. The minister said we are held in the spirit of life and love. And the man shouted amen. And the minister said something else. And the man once again shouted hallelujah. After this went on for a while. An usher discreetly approached the man and said "Um, Sir. We just don't do that here. And the man said, But I got religion. And the Rasha replied, Well, you certainly didn't get it here.
2: (laughs) 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 Hallelujah!
0: Thank you, John. (laughs) Why not? Don't we come to worship and have active spiritual lives with the hope that perhaps as writer and poet D.H. Lawrence expressed it, we will get religion, we will experience an awakening, opening our eyes and looking out with new wonder on the creation and becoming not someone other than ourselves but more fully ourselves? Aren't we here to risk transformation, to awaken and to look with new wonder at the world and claim our rightful place within it? Aren't we seeking those mountaintop moments in life that make us more fully human and renew our spirits? Have you ever stood outside on a clear night and been at a loss for words as you looked at the vast sky and the stars beyond counting? Or perhaps you've stood at the ocean and felt awe at its sheer immensity and power Maybe you've taken a bite out of an apple and thought about how it came to be. The tree that produced it, the bees that pollinated the fruit blossoms, the just right conditions of sun and rain the fruit needed to mature. Or how about a common rock you pick up? Millions of years of geological history right there in your hand. A piece of the same stardust from which we are all made. Maybe you've heard a piece of music that spoke to your soul. Or you've known the beauty and mystery of seeing a newborn child and had your heart filled with the hope and potential this new life brings to the world. Did that first reading the video titled Within Two Worlds Touch Your Spirit in Some Way? That was the real sermon, you know. Or have you had an experience where you felt at one with all of life? These are experiences of awe. How do you make space in your life for awe, for joy, for wonder? I experience awe through being in nature, like Heidi mentioned during our call to worship. I have even more incentive to do that now, since I was adopted by a dog two weeks ago. <laughs> Bella is a beautiful, smart, stubborn, four-and-a-half-year-old shepherd collie mix with a lot of energy, so we go for a long walk every day. One of our favorite places is already the Standing Rock Cemetery a few minutes from the house. We were out there walking past the Standing Rock the other day when she stopped. She froze and she refused to move. Come on, come on. She refused to move. I looked up and there was a bald eagle in a tree on the other side of the river. The first bald eagle I've seen here in Ohio. I was awestruck. And at that moment, I felt my heart open more fully to the beauty and wonder of our world. We may take for granted these moments which are an encounter with the divine breaking into the ordinary can happen, but our liberal tradition didn't always encourage people to feel awe. In the late 1820s, the use of reason, one of the defining elements of Unitarianism, had pretty much overshadowed emotion in worship. Ralph Waldo Emerson, who served a Unitarian church after graduating from Harvard Divinity School, but resigned after only three years to become a lecturer, teacher, essayist, and poet, became one of Unitarianism's biggest critics. He complained that it had become too academic too tied to empty ritual, too rational, or as he described it, corpse cold. He wanted religion to be vibrant, alive, intuitive, and open to new ideas and new revelations. For him, it needed to offer a more personal and intuitive experience of the divine, one available to every person. He wanted to feel awe, which he described in an essay titled On Nature this way. Crossing a bare common in snow puddles at twilight under a clouded sky, without having in my thoughts any occurrence of special good fortune, I have enjoyed a perfect exhilaration. I am glad to the brink of fear. Standing on the bare ground, my head bathed by the blithe air and uplifted into infinite space, all mean egotism vanishes. After a trip to Europe in the mid-1830s in which Emerson had a revelation of the interconnectedness of all things in nature, he sought out like-minded individuals. They formed a club that was the beginning of the Transcendentalist movement, a philosophy based on the oneness of all of life and human capacity to intuit truth through the observation of nature rather than revelation from God. It was considered as radical a movement within Unitarianism, which was still a liberal Christian denomination, as Unitarianism was when it arose out of the Congregationalists a mere 30 years earlier. Transcendentalism is also considered the beginning of our modern environmental movement. As the Transcendentalist movement grew, it attracted many of the great minds of the time, including Margaret Fuller, Walt Whitman, William Ellery Channing, Henry David Thoreau, Louisa May Alcott, and Nathaniel Hawthorne. In 1838, Emerson gave an address to the graduates of the Harvard Divinity School, in which he encouraged them to learn from nature and have an intimate personal relationship with the divine and to preach that experience rather than doctrine. Emerson and the transcendentalists knew what has become an accepted truth of Unitarian Universalism. The deepest experiences of religion come first and foremost from awe, from personal interactions with mystery and wonder and beauty rather than texts or rituals or tradition. Emerson wrote, the foregoing generations beheld God and nature face to face, we through their eyes. Why should not we also enjoy an original relation to the universe? Why should not we have a poetry and philosophy in, and of insight and not of tradition, and a religion by revelation to us and not a history of theirs? These thoughts are expressed in the first of our six sources of spiritual wisdom. This first source speaks of direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, that moves us to a renewal of our spirits and an openness to the forces that create and uphold life. Our first source teaches us that not only is awe a universal human experience and the source of revelation of the divine we can trust the most, it has the power to renew us. It also calls us into a deeper relationship with life and asks us to respond by working to heal the world. In September, there was an interview with climate activist Bill McKibben, who talked about meeting with Greta Thunberg while she was in New York to address the United Nations. Greta has been thinking about climate change and worrying over the planet's future since she was eight. Her worry led her to depression, which only lifted when she realized a year ago that she could act and make a difference. Pamela Bartz wrote about this interview and said, action may lift sadness, but if we're not careful, it can deplete us too. So Bill McKibben stressed with Greta how important it is to have moments of refreshment and renewal. And that led her to talk about her sailing across the Atlantic. McKibben said that as she talked about those days, her face relaxed and beamed, especially when she talked about getting up in the middle of the night and going on deck and being enveloped in a sky full of stars. The deep space of night refreshed and renewed her and gave her the joy to draw on as she continues her work. This feeling of renewal is known as the awe effect. It's been researched, of course. UC Berkeley found that awe may improve our mood and make us more satisfied with our lives. It may be good for our health, even reducing inflammation. Feeling awe may decrease materialism, helping us focus less on money and things and more on beauty and majesty. Awe may also make us better people. Dr. Keltner writes about awe. A study demonstrated that experiencing awe seemed to make people more inclined to help someone in need. They also reported feeling less entitled and self-important than other study participants. In subsequent studies, he says, we have found that awe, more so than emotions like pride or amusement, leads people to cooperate, share resources, and sacrifice for others all of which are requirements for our collective life. Experiences of awe are not the solution to a world that is broken, nor will awe solve the struggles of our individual lives. But it has the potential to help heal our spirits so that we can join in our truest life's work, ending suffering, war, injustice, a climate crisis that threatens our existence, violence, poverty, poverty, Anything that prevents all of us from living fully. Victoria Safford asks us, if such a universe existed and you noticed it, what would you do? What song would come out of your mouth? What prayer? What praises? What sacred offering? What whirling dance? What religion and what reverential gesture would you make every day to greet that world? Every single day you were in it. The poet Rabindranath Tagore wrote, the sky is full of the sun and the stars, the universe is full of life. Among all these, I have found a place, and in wonder and amazement, I sing. Open your eyes in wonder and awe at the beauty and wonder around you. Sing in wonder and amazement at this precious blue-green globe. Give thanks for your life, and then together, Let's love the world fiercely into the paradise it can still be. May it be so. And together in the spirit of all, we could make it so. Oh, and PS, it's okay to say amen out loud during the sermon of the spirit motion. <laughs> could we take a few moments of silent reflection together? These are the words of Rabindranath Tagore. The sky is full of the sun and the stars, the universe is full of life. Among all of these I have found a place and in wonder and amazement I sing. I have pricked my ears, I have opened my eyes, I have bared my heart to the world. In the midst of the known I have sought the unknown and in wonder and amazement I sing. And now knowing, that our work is to answer life's invitation to look around in wonder and awe at the world around us and to love it all fiercely. Let us go forth to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so. Blessed be. Amen and namaste.